Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling. Join Andy Schneider, National Spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Factor Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. We have a very exciting show for you today. Is medicated chick starter a thing of the past? Is medicated chick starter going away forever and if so, how and why? You know, over the years, we've just been drilled and drilled and drilled about, you know, medicated chick starter. It is the preferred um, choice when we're starting baby chicks to help get them a leg up uh, against the battle uh, against coccidiosis. And now there's some information coming out, fascinating information, that may uh, – sh- rock the boat a little bit, you know, uh, upset the apple cart a little bit, if you will. And today, in a few minutes, I'll be welcoming poultry nutritionist, Dr. Curran Gehring uh, with Tucker Milling Feeds out of Gunnersville, Alabama. And he's going to share tons and tons and tons of information. So uh, I want to get right to this topic. I want to get right to welcoming him on the show. So first up, I am going to immediately go to our first commercial break, get it out of the way so we can start focusing on this really this hot topic in the industry is medicated chick starter a thing of the past. Is it going away forever? So um, during the commercial break, if you want to find that pen and paper and uh, be able to take some notes as a reminder, uh, this live show will be archived into a podcast uh, moments after the show ends. And you'll be able to go back and listen or take notes, or if you miss something or want to hear something again, that will be possible, as all of our over 1,100 episodes are for the last 12 years of episodes of this show with all the poultry experts we've had on. Also, if you are tuning in live and you have a question, um, we sometimes open it up to uh, live callers. If you have a question related to today's topic, uh, towards the end of the show, we'll see if anybody uh, wants to call in. Uh, I know we don't have a lot of call-ins, even though it's been available. We have over 50 phone lines uh, just because people are nervous or they don't like their radio voice or they might think their question is dumb or stupid. We we hear that a lot. And what's that cliche? There's no such thing as a dumb or stupid question. So please call in. It might be something uh, or an angle about this topic that I uh, nor Dr. Uh, Gehring have 
has, has thought about in preparing for the show, and we'd like to hear from you. Or, if you don't want to do that, you can post your questions over on the Facebook page. Just It's facebook.com forward slash The Chicken Whisperer. You can post your questions uh, under the uh, radio show post we made about an hour ago, and I'll kind of try to get those on the air. So get that pen, get that paper. I'm going to commercial break. We'll be back very, very soon, and we'll get started with Is Medicated Chick Starter a Thing of the Past? Stay with us, folks. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Chickens across the country are flocking to grubbits. These natural, oven-dried, black soldier fly larvae are sustainably raised right here in the USA. Grubbits account for 10 to 15% of a normal diet and are available at almost half the price of some competing brands. More calcium, stronger eggshells, healthier feathers, happier hens. Find Grubbits online at grubbits.com on social media, at Grubbets, or on Amazon, G-R-U-B-B-E-T-S. That's Grubbets, the feed chickens need. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky... <laughs> You'll know it's Super Chicken. All righty. Thank you very much for staying with us today on this awesome, awesome episode. Uh, I wanted to share with you, it reminded me while I was going through the uh, the ads for this first commercial break uh, about the the weather and the hatcheries and the shipping updates uh, and the shipping delays that we saw the last couple of weeks with the major hatcheries trying to get the chicks out and the chicks uh, shipped all around the country, and uh, they they were really uh, struggling there because they either because of weather couldn't get the chicks delivered from the hatchery to the post office. The post office stopped accepting live poultry because FedEx, who does the majority, if not all, of the air shipping for the live baby chicks, were so backed up at their main hub in Memphis, they decided to not take any live poultry uh, at the time, uh, which then, of course, trickles down to the post office saying, well, we're not going to take any live poultry because they'll just sit here and die. 
um, and because we because FedEx is not taking it from us, who we use to fly these uh, baby chicks all over the country. And then once the weather improved, it was still an issue of the packages were so backed up because of the weather delay that happened the week before that they extended this uh, air um, embargo, if you will, uh, on these live uh, animals, and including live uh, poultry and baby chicks. So they were being very uh, creative. Uh, a lot of folks, the roads were okay, but the package backup uh, allowed the, uh, some hatcheries to rent trucks and deliver uh, via truck and via shipping ground to the states surrounding their hatchery. Uh, and then uh, some may have hired private um, um, uh, shipping uh, freight companies that that's, were still flying that could accept those. So it, it was very uh, innovative, if you will, trying to work around this uh, because all these things were stacked together. I'm now starting to see where tractor supplies across the country getting their chicks. Mom and pop stores are starting to get their chicks. People who order directly through the hatchery are starting to get their chicks. So we're starting to get back things to normal. Uh, and then I noticed that I know today in, in Northeast Georgia, we're we might, I don't know if we'll hit 80 today, but we're, we're like 76, 77. And just last week, of course, we had the cold blast come through and it was uh, whatever it was and, and, and maybe the high teens. Um, so so now, <laughs> two weeks later, uh, and the extreme opposite. So weather has turned. And so the chick deliveries across the country should start getting back to normal. The hatcheries do want me to share with you guys that um, uh, if you haven't already made contact with them and you've got deliveries in the next you know, week, you, know, you may want to call them because if you had a delivery scheduled for that two-week period uh, and it was canceled, uh, especially if you ordered rare breeds that they don't hatch a whole lot of every week, uh, some, of these, some of those orders were actually postponed until maybe uh, May. Uh, so uh, I know that doesn't make a lot of the chicken owners happy, but it is it's, it is what it is. Uh, Mother Nature took its toll, but I think we're all getting back to normal. So I wanted to share that update with you regarding the air embargo with all the hatcheries and, and the, uh, the trouble. And you saw me post about it for two weeks, uh, uh, the challenges that they had. But I think it's all pretty much worked out now, and uh, it, all the stores are even starting to get uh, chicks that have been shipped via the air. So let's go ahead and get started. Hopefully you got that pen and paper. It's medicated chick starter, a thing of the past. I'm heading over to the phone lines right now, if I can click the right button. <laughs> and we will bring on, as soon as it says he is live, boom, he is now live, uh, poultry nutritionist, Dr. Curran Gearing with uh, uh, Tucker Milling over in Guntersville, Alabama. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Doc. It's a pleasure to have you today. Hey, Andy. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited yeah, you're coming. For, uh, discussion. Yeah, you're coming in loud and clear. Hopefully I am too. I listened to last week's show and Good. I had the mic a, a microphone a little bit closer to my face and so I've I've moved it back a little bit. There was a lot of a uh, scratchiness and, and overbearing on the, the S's and the T's and things like that. And so hopefully I've got it adjusted right. I'll listen to this and make adjustments in the future uh with this new headset that I that I'm actually using as well. But you're coming in loud and clear. I personally first learned about this, I think during my visit a couple of weeks ago, uh there to talk Milling and and you had some great, great news to share and this new news and new science that's being talked about and with along with the new products that are coming out the new bag designs and 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 all the new products uh, that you're putting into the feed uh, to make it overall again continue to make it a better feed but this this topic here really uh, 
again, rang my bell, if you will, because I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Did I just hear that right? And so I said, this is going to be a great show for the podcast. Um, you also completed an article for the spring issue of Chicken Whisperer magazine. So, folks, um, if you are not already subscribed to that issue, uh, you definitely want to make sure you do that. Uh, chickenwhisperermagazine.com. The digital sc- subscription is completely free. So uh, he's got the article coming out about it, and we thought this would be a great podcast. So, um, let's, I, I don't know where you wanted to actually start. Let's, I guess, let's start at the beginning. Let's talk to folks. There's a lot of new chicken keepers out there. They're getting their chicks here in the next couple of months. Medicated chick starter. Let's kind of explain first what it is why it's been recommended for decades, uh, kind of what is our goal with giving, in a traditional sense, the medicated chick starter first so people can, can new folks can get an idea because they're going to get out there and hear the term and, and have that choice when they go to the feed store. So let's first, before we get into all the new information, let's talk about what chick starter is, the medication that's in it, and why it's been recommended for so long, kind of the goal of, of medicated in its role. Sure. So uh, the overwhelming majority of medicated chick starters uh, contain a coccidiostat, and that's typically amprolium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what a coccidiostat is, is it's, it's not an antibiotic uh, because it actually is effective against protozoa. Uh, and there's a, a genus of, of protozoa that are actually parasitic, and there's uh, nine species that are known to infect chickens. Uh, However, only three of those are responsible for clinical infections, um, and those being uh, Ameria acervulina, Ameria maxima, and uh, Ameria tenella. And uh, and those are known as as coccidia. And so they cause uh, damage to the intestine, uh, the lining of the intestine. Uh, We sometimes see bloody droppings if we have a uh, tenella infection. Uh, with a decrease in, in feed consumption and, and nutrient absorption uh, and eventually increased uh, mortality. So, you know, the disease coccidiosis is uh, or, you know, could potentially be um, a big problem. Uh, and also, if, uh, especially if there's an Ameria maxima infection, uh, we can have a secondary infection, which is necrotic enteritis, uh, that's caused by uh by a pathogenic bacteria. So we have, uh, you know, for years, like you said, uh, medicated chick starter on the market that's uh, medicated in order to uh, help reduce the risk of uh, developing coccidiosis uh, for our birds. And but there's several reasons why uh, the drug that's used may, uh, may not be uh, you know, very effective, uh, and why there's actually much better drugs, but we can't use them uh, for your typical uh, backyard poultry feed. And uh, one of the biggest reasons is that when we have a generic, uh, kind of an all-purpose chick starter, you know, the the seed manufacturer doesn't know uh, whether those are going to be meat birds or laying birds eventually. And, uh, you know, each drug is, is only approved for specific uses by the, uh, by the FDA. Uh, and for laying birds, we only have a, a couple choices that don't have a with, uh, withdrawal, those being amprolium uh, and menensin. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, menensin is highly, highly toxic to horses, especially. Uh, just a, a very small amount can kill a horse, uh, and it's just not worth the risk for a multi-species feed mill. Uh, and in fact, at Tucker Milling, we got rid of uh, menensin, uh, which is known, uh, also known as Coban, uh, several years ago. And Coban also has a very small margin for error, and, and I've seen the effects of a mixing error uh, when I was in a, in a previous job uh, on a commercial quail flock, and it's devastating. Mm-hmm. So the, um, you know, that's why we uh-huh. – The theory, at least the way I've explained it to a lot of folks when I'm doing my workshops, is that the theory here of, of why it's in there, why is this even an option – uh, and, and I kind of explain it like this. Well, uh, you know, at, at one time, you know, when they started creating this medicated chick starter and it started to become the norm, if you will, and became so readily available for, for decades is that, you know, coccidiosis, you know, was so prevalent in, in, in raising baby chicks in the early development of the flocks. And they were seeing it so often um, and probably, of course, at the, the commercial level. But also carried over to the you know the hobby farms, the backyarders, that you know they were like, this is so prevalent, we need to add this into their chick starter to help them um, have a fighting chance uh, against this protozoa, against coccidiosis. So uh, again, part of that is me kind of assuming that theory that you know that at one point this got so bad they were like, we need to get ahead of this, we need to kind of nip this in the bud or at least give them everything we can to help fight this off because we're seeing it so much. Um, and just to kind of give the, the listeners kind of the history there that, you know, the designed to, I guess, give the chicks uh, because it was at one point pretty prevalent in early development. And they said, Hey, this can maybe tone that down a little bit and, and help them out a little bit. That kind of, un, is that a fair assumption of how kind of this got started in, in the market? Uh, yeah, Andy, I, I think so. Um, you know, th- these uh, parasites are extremely prevalent. Uh, you know, they're, they're probably present in every bird all over the world. Um, and a lot of times you have subclinical cases, uh, you know, even if you, you're not uh, seeing a problem. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's why we, you know, use coccidia stats and why they're, they're used in the commercial industry uh, because, you know, it can be a problem and, and uh, they're very prevalent. But, you know, in the uh, if you look at the commercial industry, every uh, chicken company is going to have a you know a poultry veterinarian on staff, or sometimes more than one, uh, mm-hmm. or use a consultant vet, uh, and they're going to use uh, shuttle programs, or uh, which would mean different combinations of drugs or switching drugs uh, between starter uh, starter phase and grower phase, or um, or a bio shuttle where they have a, a a vaccine program followed by a um, drug shuttle program or rotations between seasons uh, because it's it's very easy for drug resistance to develop. And so even though there there always is the threat of toxidiosis and and so it, you know we we have always had medicated chick starter to help reduce the risk of that mm-hmm. continuously feeding the same drug over and over again um, just, uh, you know, isn't a very good idea, uh, and and one of the reasons is for that development of resistance. 
like we've seen in, in antibiotics as well, and I'm sure other medications, but most folks listening probably yeah. hear that either, either either watching the nightly news and hearing it, you know, the, the antibiotic-resistant bacteria in humans, and then, of course, it, it carries over to the animals as well. So uh, I want to recap for new chicken keepers uh, uh, that are kind of just getting started. There, I've even seen this, this common mistake uh, for folks that have kept chickens for a while that We'll just very, you know, clarify the amprolium, the medicated chick starter. When you go and you're presented that choice at the feed store, it is not antibiotic. Uh, so we've kind of covered that. Um, and then uh, we, we talk about, you know, amprolium, as long as I can remember, at least going you know, back 15 years and, and reading labels on the feed bags that it's, you know, the, the medicated chick starter that I can choose from for the last 15 years at my local feed stores it's going to be that ampril or amprolium that's in there. And like you said, giving that Mm -hmm. to millions of chicks every single year for 15 years, you build up that resistance. Uh, Let me, let me kind of still on, on task, still on track, but I want to address this because it was just posted nine minutes ago uh, on, on my Uh uh, Facebook page and also, but, but, but it's also been posted a bunch in other posts that I discussed this with both on my page and other pages and, and, and it may be a misconception, and, and we want to clear this up. So someone had posted, um, I actually haven't used medicated chick starter before because my chickens hatch their own and are just fine. So, so I also see this worded differently, like, well, I'll use it if I'm raising chicks in a brooder, but I don't use it if I allow broody hen and mama hen to raise the chicks out in the coop uh, naturally and you know I could be absolutely 100% wrong it wouldn't be the first time but my understanding from doing the show for all these years with all these experts that it's almost that's the opposite way you know if you raise them in that in, you know enclosed environment in a brooder you get them from the feed store you get them in the mail they're on that chick shavings you know the fine shavings in this brooder in your house with the little you know heating pad or a heating element that in that case they may not need it as much as the mom that's raising the baby chicks in the wild or in your coop or in your run outside on the ground where they have a better chance of having that protozoa uh, out there in the soil. So correct me if I'm wrong, because that's, I think, a big misunderstanding, unless I am completely wrong, which I very well could be, um, is that uh, people think that if mama hen's raising them, they're outside, they're in the run, that they don't need the medicated chick starter, but if they're raising a kind of an, a controlled sterile environment and with a brooder inside their house, that they do. So fill us in real quick with that because I've seen that tons lately. And uh, but again, you know, for the last 20 years, people recommend both. If they're in that brooder, medicated chick starter. If they're out in, you know, out in what, this is what you use for the first eight weeks. So let's focus on this. My 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 question. Is my assumption correct that, you know, probably outside being raised with mom and in, in that run on the dirt, they probably would need that medicated chick starter in a classical sense more than the ones in a brooder inside your house in a controlled environment? Um, uh, because I've seen it to be the opposite post. The understanding out there is the opposite of that. What do you think? Well, I, you know, I, I think that question is probably uh, best answered by, by a veterinarian, but – um, you know, my my first thought is, you know, if if you've got uh, you know a flock of birds and and you're you know 
uh, your hens are, are laying eggs and, and hatching out chicks, uh, then if, if any resistance to that drug develops, then you're cycling that resistant uh, protozoa. Um, you know, if, if you're buying chicks from a hatchery and, and they're um, and, and raising the, in the brooder, then, uh, you know, there's potential that that, that um, medicated chick starter is going to be effective. Um, I, you know, I know, I know that's not a, a great answer, but because I, I really couldn't tell you, you know, what the relative risk is between mm-hmm. uh, between each option, but raising gotcha or raising it outside so no that's absolutely fair and and, and people who long-time listeners of the show know that when, when when we have the trifecta of all three we've got poultry veterinarian dr Potesky that comes on second thursday of the month poultry scientist dr uh bridget mccray that comes on the first and third and then poultry nutritionist they all have their specialty and then within that there's they have specialty that only study the the egg and the ovum and then you have within that you, you know it's it's amazing the specifics uh with all of these uh um experts that we have on the show so thank you for your for your honesty there so let's let's get back cuz cuz that's that's uh, just popped up 9 minutes ago I wanted to share and so so we have a good idea whether we've kept chickens for a week or two or for years kind of why medicated chick starters an option um why it's there in the store, why I probably uh, would consider using it, and why I've maybe used it in the past. Because we often see folks in the past that will say, you know, I never use it, I've never had a problem. But then we'll see folks that say, I never used it until I had a problem. And then after that first coccidiosis outbreak that I had, and it wiped out my flock or I lost so many chicks, and it was not a pretty scene. I do not want to go through that again. I've since then, <laughs> since that problem, I have used the medicated uh, chick starter and have been, you know, fine ever since. So, you know, across the board, we see all these different opinions based on their experiences, which is fantastic. Um, but, the, but regarding the show, and, and me, when we first talked about it, it's just been drilled into us for, you know, decades and decades. And now all of a sudden, you know, as science does, changes a little bit. So what we'll get into right now, let, let's talk about the changes because, uh, you know, we're not saying that medicated chick starter necessarily is just magically going to go away next week. Um, maybe it'll be phased out over time. But um, I'm not sure what's next on your, your uh, um outline there, but but let's tell us uh, what is next. Are are we looking at alternatives here versus the amprolium that we're seeing success with and and still uh, combating and trying to reduce the risk of coccidiosis? Yeah. um, And, you know, before before I get into that, I just wanted to mention, uh, you know, one of the reasons why those alternatives are are really exciting to me is that, you know, the drug that we use, amprolium, uh, in, in one study by Dr. Greg Mathis, uh, they determined that it was only partly effective against uh, acerbulina, which is the most common uh, coccidia to cause infection. Uh, and in another study by uh, a group called uh, Central Veterinary Laboratory, uh, they determined that chicks infected with Amaria maxima and acerbulina were, were not protected by normal levels of amprolium. And uh, maxima is actually the one that that increases the the risk for necrotic enteritis development the most. And so, you know, those those people that you mentioned that maybe didn't use medicated uh, chick starter until they had uh, you know a lot of mortality, that uh-huh. you know that mortality could have been coccidiosis, but it also could have been uh, due to a secondary 
uh, necrotic enteritis uh, outbreak. Uh, okay. That, uh, but you, you know that that could stem from uh, you know really any damage to the intestine that that could be due to um, coccidiosis or something else. And so you know what's what's really exciting about these uh, alternatives is that uh, when we're looking at uh, say botanical products or, or essential oils, uh, plant extracts, uh, and additives like that, uh, some of them actually act directly uh, against the, the uh, parasites uh, by breaking down their cell wall, uh, and they also uh, have antioxidant effects. They increase the uh, integrity of the gut, uh, modulate the immune system, and so not only uh, are they going to help to uh, prevent the de development of coccidiosis, they're also going to help prevent that secondary uh, necrotic enteritis infection that could cause severe mortality. So there are there are some uh, studies coming out and some research coming out that shows that embrolium that is the what we've been using for the last 10, 15, 20 years in this chick starter we buy at the feed store on the corner down the street. Uh, the studies are coming out that it's because of resistance, it's not even effective on two out of the three, and on uh, one out of the three, it's maybe only thirty percent effective at all. Yeah, and I, I, it might be you know a little too strong to say it's not effective, um, but I, mm -hmm. you know, I think there's definitely evidence that that it's not the best drug for two of the three that are that are you know probably the the biggest um, the problem as far as coccidiosis goes. Um, and if you look at the U.S. broiler industry right now, the most common anti-coccidial drug is actually zoiline. Uh, and but we can't use that in a all-purpose chick starter because it's not approved for layers. Uh, so gotcha. you know, there again, we're we're using we're not using the best drug uh, because of restrictions. Uh, you know that we're subject to, and so you know that that's a big reason why I think that. You know, alternatives are better than using, uh, you know, a drug that's that's not even uh, what a veterinarian would typically prescribe. Right now, I guess that that was what a great segue because uh, right coming out of my mouth was that next issue is if if these folks that um, for for however long or they choose not to use the medicated chick starter, uh, they get what they assume is coccidiosis outbreak or symptoms and the number one reply when they reach for help on these blogs and forums are you need to go to your local farm store and get some uh, um, uh, get some corid uh, mix it at this rate and then put it in their water which of course we know is amprolium so um, mm -hmm. that would be interesting to see a, a vet and maybe I can kind of we can uh, the second Thursday of March when Dr. Potesky comes on, poultry veterinarian out of UC Davis, I can maybe have half of the show or the first part of the show to talk about these things, too, to, in relation to, to the questions we have here about the uh, – is that – is your first line of, your first line of treatment is still going to be uh, the Corid, which is, again, amprolium? And, and I'll ask him if, if he's seen any kind of issues or, or results coming out with it being kind of – uh, being res drug resistant now, so that'll be a great follow up for him on the uh, veterinary side uh, to see. Because right now the go to, if we have an outbreak, uh, would be the um, added to the water, the liquid um, 
Corid, which is, of course, we know is Amprolium. Mm-hmm. So that that would be interesting. Right now, it's kind of the, like you said, the only thing we've got um, for, for that. So that that'll be a question for him as well, based on hey, what's your first line of treatment for this, and we'll, and then I'll follow up with the re, uh, resistance uh, question. So, um, but no, carry, carry on. You were kind of getting into the botanicals and things like that, attacking the cell wall, and maybe some alternatives. Um, and, and I know all the folks that have not been using medicated chick starter and refuse to for whatever reason all this is making them uh, extremely happy and on cloud nine and say hey now there's now i haven't been using it but now there may be a feed uh that that you're starting to add some things in and your chick starters there at tucker milling that now they can in an all-natural way hopefully get some uh get some uh, uh help against the fight with coccidiosis yeah, the, um, you know, we have a product in our uh, new show flock line of feeds that is specifically uh, designed to, uh, you know, reduce the risk of coccidiosis. Um, and it's made from fenugreek and yucca shittigera, uh and contains over uh, 26 or it contains over 25 different active uh, phytonutrients or active constituents and and they're a class of molecules called saponins. Uh, and, you know, you'll notice that uh, saponin kind of sounds uh, sounds like soap, and that's uh, because they were first used in soap making hundreds of years ago uh, because of their foaming and emulsifying properties. And so, you know, one of the, the really interesting things about, about those uh, emulsifying properties is you know, not only is it a, are they effective against the uh, Ameria parasite, uh, but you also have emulsification of nutrients. Uh, you're going to enhance a nutrient utilization by the bird. We have uh, an improvement in uh, the gut morphology or the uh, you know an increase in surface area for absorption, uh, reduction of ammonia, um, and then they directly destabilize the cell membrane uh, of the uh, protozoa that cause coccidiosis, which leads to their uh, disruption and, and death of the of the organisms. Uh, and uh, you know another uh, phyto, uh, uh, phytogenic feed additive that is uh, effective against coccidiosis is uh, essential oils, especially oregano. And there's a lot of research that's uh, demonstrating that oregano essential oils or the active constituent uh, um, carbacrol and, and also thymol, uh, that, that they're uh, either nearly as effective or as effective as uh, anti-coccidial drugs. Yeah, that, and I want to pause here. We'll, we'll take a commercial break in just a second. And uh, leading into the break, I want to let everybody know as well, because, you know, we've been down this road a lot over the last 12 years of doing this podcast. And that is, I don't want anybody listening right now thinking, ooh, I can go up here to Publix or Kroger's uh, or Ingalls, and I can buy some oregano in the spice aisle and sprinkle it on my feed. And I'm going to get all these crazy, awesome results by doing that. Uh, because as Articles in the magazine in the last couple of years have illustrated we focused on this uh, and even on the podcast that we focused on this with both the feed companies um, and even scientific 
uh, companies across the globe like Phytobiotics over in Germany uh, and then also Ralco here in the U.S. that both are focusing on a lot of this uh, all-natural essential oils, plant-based materials, uh, and the millions and millions of dollars that are going into this research. Uh, and it's explained in one article in the magazine about the science behind taking oregano, what variety of oregano, and then there's a certain um, element or what have you in that oregano leaf or in that oil itself that you have to extract, and then you have to mix it with other ingredients in order for it to actually activate or work, and then that has to be mixed with other ingredients in order for the chicken's uh, biological system and to be able to even utilize it. So I just uh, we'll go to break, but I just want to stress to folks that when you see in these blogs, you see in these forums, just sprinkle cayenne pepper on, just sprinkle uh, the oregano on, or just sprinkle you know drip this uh, uh, essential oil in their water. That it is so, so not that that's harming them. Oftentimes when we say, you know, this, there's a lot more to it than that. Well, it's not hurting them. Uh, of course, you know, hey, um, who's to say? But, you know, I'm not saying it's harming them. I'm just saying you're not going to get the benefits that that uh, you think you want to see, let me put it that way, by just sprinkling some store-bought oregano from Publix on their feed and having them eat it uh, because it's not at the concentration, like I just explained. It's not even the uh, um, so many different variables that, that we're learning about now to actually the good news is, though, for you guys that, that want to do that and are, and are excited about the all natural way to keep chickens is that we have now companies that are spending millions in studies to figure out how they can make these work for your flock. So you can uh, stop wasting your money on things that don't work. Uh, you can start using things that have shown some promise and, and see some benefits um, in your flock. So uh, we'll go to commercial break. I wanted to share that because um, we, you know, myself included, people often say, oh, the chicken whisperer, he's your anti-all-natural, your anti-organic, your anti-essential you know, essential oil, whatever. And um, that's not the case. You come visit our homestead and you will see firsthand we are not with my wife's diffuser over on the counter and all her essential oils and the organic things that we plant in our garden and our compost bin and, and things like that. Um, I just try to be very realistic about it because I hate to see people waste their money on things that they think is working at the end of the day it's not um, and uh, when there are maybe some better answers and better products that actually will work for you uh, and so you can maintain your lifestyle of using those natural organic essential oils or whatever the case uh, may be so that's that's my biggest um, soapbox there is I want I want I want you to go down that route. I appreciate it and I love it. I just want you to know what works and what doesn't work so you can make that choice. All righty, we're going to commercial break. We'll be back uh, very, very shortly as soon as I can find the right button. Stay with us, folks. The Yard Bird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in less than 15 seconds. The compact size makes it easy to transport and easy to store. The one and a half horsepower motor and 20 inch stainless steel tub can handle two eight pound birds at the same time. There are no belts or pulleys to wear out and no adjustments necessary, which makes it virtually maintenance free. For more information about how you can own this must-have chicken processing product, visit YardbirdChickenPluckers.com today. That's YardbirdChickenPluckers.com. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. 
She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFRadio.com. That's GQFRadio.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at StrombergsChickens.com. That's StrombergsChickens.com. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. Okay, one thing uh, that I wanted to uh, address, I remember during the, the commercial was playing, um, you guys know that Carefree Enzymes is a sponsor of the show. I, I've been using their products off and on now for about a decade when I first had lunch. Uh, with owner of Carefree Enzymes, Patrick Haley, uh, maybe 12 years ago, um, I was doing an event up, I believe it was just outside of St. Louis, and we had lunch together, and I see him every year at IPPE, and I sent him an email, I guess it was last week or the week before, <laughs> I said, hey, Patrick, uh, those of you who are already using his products uh, may have found the same thing. I was using his water protector product uh, as I was filling up the waterers. This was a while back, but I just sent him an email about it last week saying, hey, uh, am I missing something here? Can we add this to at least this product? Because I found it, to be, it would, would be very helpful. And so I, I pulled it out, and I was rereading the label again of this. This probably it was, I'm guessing it was probably a quart jar of it. And um, I'm reading the directions. I've got my five-gallon waterers, and I'm looking, and it says so many ounces per gallon um, and whatnot. It has a little label of this many ounces per this many gallons and whatnot. You can figure out however many ounces per gallon it needed. And I think it was five ounces per gallon, but, but nowhere, <laughs> nowhere on the, the bottle or label does it tell me how many capfuls. And here I am in the back 40 of, of our homestead and uh, I'm filling up these waterers and I'm like, okay, I don't have a measuring spoon. I don't have a measuring cup. I don't have anything to figure out roughly what, what how many ounces is I'm pouring this into my five gallon waterers. 
and I've got four of them, so that's 20 gallons. And uh, so I emailed Patrick. I said, hey, uh, it's the beginning of the year. We need to have you back on the show to talk about your pro- your products and any new products you have or that are coming out. And then two, <laughs> here's my experience. Have you thought about maybe putting, hey, one cap full for a half a cap full of gallon or one cap full for two gallons or whatever the math is of based on how many ounces are in that cap? Because I don't keep a measuring tape or a measure, measuring tape, <laughs> a measuring spoon or a measuring cup or any of this in, in, the, in my farm cart that I drive around in. Um, and I wasn't about to go all the way back inside uh, to get one, to go all the way back out to measure it. So I think I was putting a, cap, a couple of capfuls. Anyway, whatever it was. So I sent, So those of you who use this product, um, we'll see if, if maybe that will change on the labeling. Say, you know, one cap full for a half a cap full per gallon. Uh, we'll see if that makes the change because I had talked to him about making that change, making it a little bit more user friendly. But uh, we use their products uh, around here as well. Have for, gosh, off and on for over a decade but anyway so those of you who use that you may see that in the works coming up uh really soon and i still got to get around to testing i had i need to do a mail call video on my facebook page with some new products we got here on the homestead to try to test um with um uh, flextran the makers of uh um uh, and, and Coop Care, who also makes the Chick Fresh product, they've got another product out. I got to do a product review on it as well because they're starting to sell at retail. So I'll try to do a mail call and, and review and start using that product so I can give all you guys my two cents worth on whether I like it or if it'll go away. So uh, let's get back to the uh, phone lines with our, our good friend, Dr. Curran Gehring over at Tucker Milling. We're talking all about is medicated chick starter a thing in the past? Is it going to go away forever? And uh, Right away, eventually we'll see it go away. Uh, or hey, is there a, is something we can do? Uh, is, is there something that uh, a feed that we can look at that has a different ingredient that may give us uh, some help and and can prevent coccidiosis in our in our baby chicks as we raise them? Uh, that's going to have more uh, all natural to make to make the all natural folks uh, happy as well to be able to use it. So let's carry on, my friend. All right. Um, yeah, just, you know, I was thinking about what you said about, uh, you know, sprinkling some oregano or, or other herbs uh-huh. uh, onto the chicken's feed. And, and you know, I, I think there's probably some benefit. You know, we know that if we if we cook with, with uh, oregano or thyme or cinnamon, uh, there's, there's health benefits there. But, you know, one of the problems uh, with that is if you just sprinkle it on the feed, you don't know that every bird gets the same amount. Um, you know, some of it might get, wind up in the ground wasted. One bird might consume a lot of it while another one doesn't. Uh, so, you know, that that's one reason why when, when you have these, uh, you know, research-proven products in the feed, then you know that you're giving a, uh, a consistent and effective dose to each bird. Um, and the, the other thing is, you know, these phytonutrients that, that are um, – you know, active against uh, protozoa or bacteria or uh, improve uh, the immune response or gut integrity, they're, you know, at such small uh, concentrations of the whole plant that uh, uh, the feed additives are are extremely um, concentrated. Uh, They're, you know, the companies, like you said, have spent millions of dollars to determine the exact amount of those phytonutrients that are required to uh, consistently see uh, the type of results that, that the products are supposed to provide. Uh, and so, you know, that's, and the variety. that's why we, I, 
the, the variety or species, not species, but the variety. So you have oregano, but there might be a hundred different varieties. Um, and I know that Dr. Uh, Jessica Fox, who works with Ralco in one of her articles, talks about that. that we're dealing with, you know, the um, the difference, you know, and, and the science that goes in into the product. The, the diff like one variety of oregano may have zero effectiveness, where this variety has shown through studies to be the most potent, if you will, for lack of better scientific mm -hmm. term. <laughs> As we mix our witch's brew, and this is going to be more potent. So, uh, so yeah, absolutely. I don't think I mentioned that on the way out, as far as the different varieties, and one may be ineffective, and one may be super potent uh, as well. And so that would be the one you'd want to stick with. So, uh, yeah, thank you for addressing that as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, and then even past the variety, uh, you could have the same uh, variety, but you know, whether it's grown in a hot climate or a cold climate, or um, or you know, if one company has a different uh, distillation or extraction process to um, to remove those uh, you know active components, one might be more efficient than than another. So mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's just so many variables that go into it. And, uh, you know, that, that's why when, when I'm choosing uh, these uh, botanical additives for our feed, uh, you know, they, they have to be standardized. And what that means is that, you know, the manufacturer is going to use a, a specific variety uh, and they're going to guarantee, uh, you know, certain levels of those active uh, constituents. Uh, so, you know, with the yucca and fenugreek product, that's total saponins. Um, for an oregano product, it, it might be the, uh, a minimal amount of, of carbitrol, which is the active component uh, in the essential oil. Um, for a citrus extract, it might be a minimum amount of pectic oligosaccharides. But, uh, you know, it's, it's very important that, that the manufacturer is going to, um, you know, only ship out product that meets those minimum uh, levels that are research proven to uh, give the benefit. Now, without without going over, because I know that you guys just sent over. Let me see if I, I'm not going to be able to see it on. I don't think on my phone view of Facebook, and I'm not going to go on my computer view since I have the uh, switchboard fixed up. So, as the as the end user, as I go into the store today. Uh, and or tomorrow or next week, and I'm like, hey, you know, I heard uh, Doc on the show, and and you know, he's with Tucker Milling. Do you carry their feed? No. Well, hey, can 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 you carry their feed? <laughs> you know, show some interest there if you're interested in that. And then, um, but if, if I see your bag, uh, and I just don't remember this, and and I because I know they're new bags, new designs, they're gorgeous. They have all these new things that you know, this new product line we're, you're coming out with. Um, mm -hmm. Is if, I, if memory serves, it has the the ingredient or or whatever that natural product is you're using, but as me looking at that bag, I see that. But underneath, uh, current does it have like for coccidiosis protection, or is it just does it just show that, uh, or does it say why that's actually in there? I don't remember to be honest with you. So, and if not, that's this, this is a great show to <laughs> let yeah. folks know. Let the Tucker Tucker mm -hmm. Milling purchasers already know. It, it has the new product you're putting in there. Does I don't remember. Does it also say why? Yeah, it it does. We actually okay. uh, have bullet points on the front of the bag and on the back uh, okay. that describe okay. some of these, uh, you know, d different functional additives that are uh, that are in the new product. Um, you know, it, we, we even with these, uh, even if there's research showing effectiveness of these natural products, you know, we still have to be careful on and exactly what we say about them. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. not drugs. 
but uh, you know, I, I think I said uh, you know that it, it can help you in your um, you know coccidiosis control program. Um, but yeah, we we've got it laid out there, um, you know, ingredient by ingredient, uh, uh, kind of talking about what what those are, you know, what they do for the bird. Um, and, you know, if, and if anybody has any, you know, further questions, you know, they can always give us a call or, or okay. uh, email to uh, info at tuckermillion.com and, and, uh, we'd, and we'd be glad to answer any other questions. They didn't have any, I, I bought food yesterday and uh, they didn't have any of the new uh, bags. I was, I was kind of, you know, they had sold out basically. They didn't have any for me. In fact, they're getting delivery today from you guys over here in Georgia. So I was a, really a day early, but I needed feed. I was out and my chickens, I know they were going to start going crazy. If, you know, you know how chickens are. If their feeder is empty for 20 minutes, they just act like they're starving and they're just all going to die. Um, so I got, <laughs> yeah, I needed to get some food to them yesterday. So, um, uh, yeah, and, and that's something that you and I've talked about in our meetings is that whether we uh, uh, coin the phrase, you know, be a tag reader or be a bag reader or whatever the case may be for these folks, uh, you know, so many people don't even know there's a tag at the bottom of that feed bag that, that you know, that has all – I encourage everybody to read that, that tag for sure. Uh, and, and even the bag as well. That's why I asked. I said I haven't, you know, see, other than that sample bag you had showed me at, for 10 minutes uh, at, at, the, at the beginning of our meeting. I didn't even know if, if that was um, if it, I knew it had the new ingredients, but I didn't know if it kind of for the for me if I go in and like oh well, that's great, but what's it for? That's super. And so uh, this is a perfect example for even me when these new bags come out and I start loading them on the truck, get them here on the farm to read that bag. And I will do that because it's a new bag, and I'll say oh this is new, this is what it should help with, this is why um, I'm, I'm buying this feed. So definitely, folks out there, be a bag reader. Uh, regardless of what feed you buy, regardless of what company, read those labels. And like you said, with everything else we do in our lives, compare. Compare this tag with another tag while you're in the store, if need be, um, and read those bags. Very, very important. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, you know, I'd like to point out also that, you know, when, when you look at an ingredient list, uh, <laughs> th there might be something like yeast culture. And, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, American Association of Feed Control Officials uh, rules for how to write, uh, you know, ingredient names. And that doesn't tell you anything about which product that actually is. Um, it, you know, you, there's yeast cultures that have hundreds of, of research studies backing them and millions of dollars spent on, on their development and, and research. And there's also... Uh, you know, yeast cultures that are very cheap and, um, you know, a feed manufacturer can put the, the exact same name on the, in the ingredient list. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's very important certainly to, to look in the ingredient list and see that those things are there. Um, but then also, you know, you want to contact your uh, feed manufacturer and find out, you know, which exact products are um, – you know, are those when it says uh, yucca shitigera extract? Um, you know, which yucca extract? And um, you know, is that a standardized product? Mm -hmm. And you know, that's something that that you can always you know give us a call uh, or or email about. It's kind of like we, you and I have talked about, and we may even very well do the next month's show on this, is that, you know, uh, protein, it's not just a number. 
um, and whatever catchphrase we have to, to title the show that, you know, oh, this one has 22% or this one has 16 or 17 or 18 uh, or 28 game birds started that, 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 you know, don't just focus on that number because uh, protein right now, we talked about it even as early as yesterday. Protein is king, it seems like, out there in, in backyard chicken land right now. And it's more than just a number because there's so much protein that's uh, for these birds that aren't even can't even be utilized. Um, and, and it may be mm-hmm. the wrong protein or just, just to slap a number on because, you know, people know that protein's king. Let's Let's put a big number on here so we can sell more feed when the majority of it. Uh, may not even be uh, utilized by by the bird. That's another topic, another show next month we'll get to because I know you have a great analogy about that. But I don't want to with the trucks and the wheels and but we won't go uh, we won't go down that road right now because we want to focus you. on the chick starter. So look look at your outline, look at your notes uh, as we wrap up here. Uh, you know, five ten minutes. Oh. Uh, what what you want to uh, finish up with in the next five or ten minutes, and that you definitely want to convey uh, to our listeners about this topic, which is a pretty hot topic right now. Is medicated chick starter a thing of the past? Is it going away? And and uh, let's let's lead on. Uh, let's uh, wrap up in the next five or ten minutes, my friend. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you know it's it's important to you know actually address that question, and you know I I don't know if medicated chick starter is a, a thing of the past but mm-hmm. and you know i i hope that uh, you know shared some things that uh, would um you know encourage people to to look for alternatives and and uh you know see that the, the medicated feed that's on the market maybe isn't the best uh thing for your birds and um you know i think us as a company you know we've seen medicated feeds for all species uh, decrease in favor of, uh, you know, non-medicated alternatives over mm-hmm. the past few years. So, you know, I think that, um, it, you know, just consumers are going that way anyway, but uh, I think there's a, you know, a good reason for it. And, um, you know, before we wrap it up, uh, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about vaccination. And, cause I, know, I know we talked about that the other day. We did. Um and uh, you know, I, I think it's if you're comfortable with uh, vaccinating your birds, and um, and your hatchery can do it, and you know, and I say go for it. Uh, it's you know not too not a, a very much extra cost, um, and it, and it can be effective. But uh, you know, there's a there's a very big reason um, why medicated feed may may be even a, a worse choice. You know, if your birds are vaccinated, um, right, and and that's because uh, you know the vaccines are typically um, you know live uh, oasis or atten- or attenuated uh, coccidia or a combination. But it, you know what that means is that you're actually causing a low level infection and the birds developing immunity uh, mm-hmm. to the coccidia. And so if you hit them with a uh, coccidia stat from day one, then you know, you're just not allowing that vaccine to work. And, um, you know, does that hurt your bird? Uh, you know, no, but you're, you know, then you're wasting money on, on right. the vaccination process and not getting the protection. So, you know, in the industry, when you have uh, what's called a bio shuttle, they would uh, typically start the drug after 15 or 16 days to allow that immunity to develop. And, you know, that's just... One reason why, you know, these uh, COXI programs are just so complicated sometimes, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that's why poultry veterinarians 
make a lot of money and why uh, you know all those companies have them employed. Yeah, that's a great point, and uh, because I remember we were doing a, a Zoom actually with Tucker Milling last year because of the pandemic, we weren't able to tour, and I was doing a um, uh, pretty sure it was with Tucker Milling um, if that was the one I had with Dr. McCray on, but anyway, or if it was just one on our own. But I, we, I asked her point blank in the Zoom. So there's medicated Chickstarter and there's non-medicated, and if everybody's been in the past has been recommending medicated Chickstarter. Wise or not medicated, and of course, you know, we uh, um, I knew the answer. We wanted to hear it from from the expert's mouth. Was that you know, obviously, if you vaccinate for coccidiosis uh, from the hatchery, getting your chicks, then that's when we would use the non-medicated. If you choose to have non-vaccinated birds, then you can choose to use the medicated uh, chick starter. So that's a great point because I ran into two years ago, I don't think it was last year, I think it was two years ago, where a local feed store here in my area was vaccinating their baby chicks with coccidiosis vaccine and Marix vaccine. Um, it wasn't labeled on, on any of their uh, chick um, uh, brooders. You know, the, the folks coming in, I'm sure didn't think to ask that. Um, and, uh, or, and if the answer may have been, yeah, they're vaccinated with uh you know, the coccidiosis, and then they have medicated feed stacked up right next to starter feed, right next to the brooders. So, um, you know, it was something that we should all all, all take heed with uh, regarding that vaccinated, non-vaccinated, medicated, non-medicated. So, um, yeah, so kind of, kind of to recap with folks, especially the new poultry keepers or the ones that are seasoned and learning some new things today, uh, we know that, of course, the medication and medicated chick starter is not an antibiotic. And the reason why um, I think uh, we talked about um, Folks may be kind of getting away from this is because of the resistance. We've been giving this medicated chick starter with the same drug and prolium in it for so long decades that we, you know, some studies are showing a resistance of it actually even being uh, effective. Um, and let's see. Um, we talked about vaccine. And then, of course, the new show title, you know, could be uh, alternatives to medicated chick starter, whether it's a thing of the past, whether it's going to go away, eventually go away, uh, quickly go away based on more studies we see with these other natural products that are having some good results. Uh, maybe an alternative show title would be, you know, alternative uh, alternatives to uh, medicated chick starter for those folks that choose not to, to want to medicate uh, unnecessarily. And that can be, uh, that's argued you know, arguable uh, based on, you know, preventing the coccidiosis and what we've kind of been drilled in with the, uh, with the past. So thanks for mixing that with the vaccine, because that's great for the new folks that uh, may have gotten birds vaccinated for coccidiosis. Um, and then mm -hmm. they need to use the non-medicated starter, which again, your product, your starter feed there, the non-medicated, the new and improved, um, you would be able to feed that with vaccinated chicks and they're still getting that benefit from that yucca and that all the additives that you're using because they're all natural. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, it depends on the product, the, uh, the specific yucca and fenugreek product that, that we have, which is, um, called, uh, Norpenin, uh, XO. Um, there, there's research on that with vaccinated chicks and, uh, you know, they performed about the same, but the birds that were also given the yuck and fenugreek product uh, actually had uh, about two points lower feed conversion. 
So, okay. uh, you know, that wouldn't be noticeable to, uh, you know, the average person with, with birds at home, but, right. um, you know, but it definitely didn't interfere with the vaccine. Um, there's also been research uh, from North Carolina State University showing that uh, a blend of essential oils didn't interfere with the effectiveness of uh, toxic vaccine boilers. Um, but I, this morning I did find uh, one source for, uh, there was a, oregano product on the market uh, years ago um, and, and it was found that, you know, it, it was so concentrated and effective that it, uh, you know, acted pr- pretty much like a, um, you know, high-level coccidiostat and, and did uh-huh. interfere with coxiback, but that's no longer on the market. And gotcha. uh, so, you know, that, that's, that's one more thing for, for people that, that, you know, that it's important to understand is that, you know, these products are, um, you know, they're highly researched and the the companies that make them have poured millions of dollars into them uh, because, you know, they're using the commercial industry. And so, you know, you know if, if a, uh, you know, a Tyson or a, a Pilgrim's Pride uh, uses a product and, and it, you know, interferes with their Coxivac, um, you know, they're not going to use it anymore. So, um it, you know, any any product that's on the market that's effective that has any negative effects like that aren't going to last very long. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Alrighty. And and, and I've said many a times, uh, and listeners of the show, you know, they they come from all walks, and I, I tell folks that, you know, sick and dead birds don't pay bills, and so there's there's absolutely zero benefit. Uh, of the uh, big commercial farms doing anything harmful to the birds because uh, again sick and yeah. dead birds don't don't pay the bills they have every every single benefit to keeping those birds healthy because whether you like it or not hey that's more money in their pocket and then that's more birds to feed the world so um um yeah we we've people know where I stand kind of on all of that the long time listeners so um that that's another good point Alrighty, as we wrap it up, any last minute talking points in your notes that um that we didn't share that you that you wanted to? I'll share with one. And that is another okay. reason, and just for people to think, because we had talked about this earlier. Um, uh, everybody knows who's listened to the show for any length of time, even the new folks, because uh, it's almost like beating a dead horse. Um it's not that I'm anti-treat, uh, but the issue also with the medicated chick starter. If you choose to in your mind, purchase medicated chick starter because you want your chicks to, to, for whatever reason, to have that protection. And then we often find and see questions, hey, how soon can I give my baby chicks treats? How often can I, how soon can I give them food scraps? How how soon can I give them mealworms? Um, And again, every uh, ounce of treat or food scraps uh, is an ounce of nutritionally balanced feed those chicks are not going to eat. So again, not only are you just diluting their nutrition, but now you spend all this money and chose to buy the medicated chick starter, but they're not consuming uh, what they need of the medicated chick starter to benefit them because they've got now all these mealworms and food scraps and everything else that they're actually eating. And that kind of goes across the board uh, regardless. Ooh, I just thought of another question. Uh, so those folks that are mm-hmm. pro-treat, pro-treat, you know, just think about that. You know, it's, it's a, if you're doing the medicated starter and they're not eating it because they're eating all this uh, snack food, 
then you're just not helping them like like it should. So you might as well not maybe feed it anyway. But the other question is this. Um, now, uh, again, for the new listeners, oftentimes, um, and there's a great article about it in Chicken Whisperer Magazine from a couple of years ago uh, about water and even, you know, when you're using a water additive and you're using chlorinated water, um, how <laughs> we know that like when we give medications in the water, it's definitely recommended to not give those medications in their water if the water is uh, chlorinated. Uh, and so, like, again, here on the farm, we have well water. Uh, but if we lived in a city, we had city water. It, trust me, you know, it's, it's loaded with chlorine, which then may dilute, kind of the same thing with the treats, dilute whatever's going into the water, whatever that medication may be. So I wanted to share, share that with folks as well. Uh, most of the time when you're adding something via water, especially a medication for your backyard flock or whatever flock, you probably want to do that in non-chlorinated water. So if you're on city water and it's loaded with chlorine, that's something to at least keep in the back of your mind. I'm not saying it's uh, <laughs> the most important thing on the list, you know, but it is something I think you want to just be aware of. Um, and I'm not sure how adding amprolium to chlorinated water, since it's kind of related to this show, um, how that would affect it, or if that falls into like other additives, maybe an antibiotic in the water or something like that, where you'd want to do, you know, um, non-chlorinated water. Do, do you, and that may be a vet question too, Corinne, but I didn't know if you had a, 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 the wrap it up, just a two cents worth on that topic, whether it be, you know, um, the uh, chlorid or any other thing like that, when you're adding things into the water, uh, if you've seen any, uh, as a nutritionist studies or reports on um, how the chlorinated water can affect the effectiveness of whatever you're putting in there for your flock. Yeah, well, you know, with amprolium in particular, you know, I I just don't know, um, mm -hmm. you know, if you have to have you know any type of, of water or whether mm -hmm. you know needs chlorinated or not. But mm -hmm. but I you know I think it's important that you know when you do have to treat your birds, you know, if you can get some guidance from those, that, uh, you know, I would highly recommend that. And you know, my philosophy at Tuck is to create a foundation of, of good health and, and gut integrity uh, so that, you know, hopefully you, you don't have to treat your bird for anything. But, you know, there's there's nothing, even even if you were in a fully medicated uh, program, you know, there's there's nothing that's going to 100% uh, prevent the illness that, that your birds might get. But, um, you know, in the event that that there's there's any doubt, you know, I would – recommend consult the veterinarian. Okay. Yeah. And we always recommend that here. And I know it's not for everybody always cost effective or they, you know, they'll just, oh, the, uh, my vet doesn't, you know, treat chickens and, you know, we'll, you know, look for another one or another one in the next town or the next city or the local university or don't just <laughs> stop because, oh, well, my vet doesn't take care of chickens. So I'm doomed, you know, keep searching, keep searching. We've, we've beat that dead horse a bunch where, whether it's in the magazine or the podcast or articles or, or, uh, or whatever about different, the, the trail that you would take to try to find uh, the expert care for, for your birds. So, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that too. That's another good one for uh, today's show. So, uh, 
uh, Kern, thank you so much for joining us today. We do appreciate it. We're looking forward to having you on the fourth Thursday of every single month now, talking about a nutritionally or, or nutritional um, a topic for our backyard flock. You know, summer nutrition, how it's different than winter and spring, getting ready for our our, our baby chicks. Uh, summer being that they eat less in the summer and drink more. Do we need to add, you know, uh, something into their water to compensate them not eating as much? And that's where they're getting most of their nutrition is from that nutri- nutritionally balanced feed. Uh, in the fall, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, molting and molting diet. So we're so glad to have you on as a contributor now, both in Chicken Whisperer Magazine and on the podcast, because there's just so much about nutrition our birds can benefit from and now we've got an expert that can uh, can can educate us on all of that and what we're actually feeding and, and if one if one thing to take away from the show folks is to be a bag reader be be a, a label reader and, and read that um because there's so much information there so we may do a show on that as well that reading that label dissecting that label reading that bag what does that mean and like Curran said just because it says it has this how much of that does it have in there does it have an effective amount or they're just putting that on there putting a pinch in instead of a quarter cup just so they can have that on the label and all that i'm so excited about being able to dissect all of this with Curran and the shows and and podcasts and uh magazines to come so uh dr gary thank you very much for coming on today we appreciate it and we'll see you next month all right thank you andy i appreciate you you having me yes sir thank you so much thanks for coming on Alrighty, folks, I think that's going to wrap it up. Remember, you can subscribe to Chicken Whisper Magazine for free. ChickenWhisperMagazine.com. This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling, with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at ChickenWhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening.